We know you've already been blessed just tuning into the service. If you're watching through some other venue or sitting here in this service, we know you've already been blessed. But guess what? God's not done blessing you. Amen. You know, we're uh, so excited. We've been gone for, Tony and I, most of you know, have been gone on a nine-day cruise. We're celebrating our first year anniversary. Man, how did one year come and go so fast? Oh, thank you so much. We are so thrilled and excited. It has been just a terrific year. A fantastic year. I was single for seven years. Oh, man, but God saved the best for me. And I tell you what, he doubled up on everything. I tell you, God is so good to me. And uh, I live by that model. God's been good to Bill. And I can say now God's been good to Bill and Tony. We had a fantastic time celebrating our, our, our one-year anniversary. Baby, stand up. Let me embarrass you. She's so quiet and sweet. She's so unassuming. She's a mighty woman of God. She loves the Lord. She is a worshiper. She's kind and compassionate and sensitive. And she is a great partner. And I just love doing life with her. And um, we have some wonderful times together. We, we, um, I get out my guitar and start playing the guitar. And she's a beautiful pianist. She, she, that girl was anointed to play. And we start worshiping God. She's playing the piano and I'm playing the guitar. And, oh man, we have some times in Christ. I remember a few, um, several months back in August, we were on vacation. We were over in St. Thomas and we were, uh, we were staying there at the Ritz-Carlton on vacation. And, and we had a beautiful balcony overlooking the ocean. And, uh, and I had my quiet guitar. I have a guitar that I travel with and it doesn't make any noise. And you can't hear it unless you have headphones on. And so Tony had on headphones and I had on headphones. And so it sounds normal through those headphones, but it sounds silent if you're just, you know, without those headphones. And so we didn't want to disturb anybody. And we were out on our balcony one morning worshiping God and uh, looking at the beauty of the ocean. And we were singing real low. We were singing worship songs real low. And uh, all of a sudden we heard somebody from the next suite over and they came and they peeked all the way around our balcony and I thought we had disturbed them. And so I took off the headsets and said, Oh, I'm sorry. Are we disturbing you? We were already singing real low and she couldn't hear the guitar, you know? And, uh, she, she at closer glance, she was crying. And the lady said, uh, there's a piece over here. And she said, that piece has come from over here and swept into our suite. And she said, today is the last day at the resort. We were kind of sad. We were getting ready to leave. And um, she said, we were kind of bummed out about that. And she said, but then we felt the presence of God come on us. And we heard some gentle singing, gentle worshiping of God. And she said, the annoying of God, it, it just blew in our room. And she said, the power of God, she said, she said, I had to tiptoe out. I was trying not to disturb you, but I had to peek around the corner to see who is worshiping God like that. I tell you, the presence of God is real. His presence is tangible. Yeah. And he's so good. And so we, we had some wonderful times, even on our, our anniversary cruise on the ship. And uh, we just... Oh, man, we, we just did it all. I think we ate it all. We, <laughs> we saw it all. We did it all. It was so much fun. I, I, we were in Puerto Rico on, on one day, and, and I had 
rented some ATVs. And Tony was already apprehensive about the ATVs. And she was saying, baby, you sure you want to go on this ATV ride? You know, it's going to be, you know, you're going to be out there two and a half hours. And they're taking you out to a 2,300 acre farm with lots of hills and, and rifts and ruts. And it had just rained, so it was full of mud. And so she said, baby, you sure you want to go? I said, oh, yeah, I'm sure. Aren't you sure? <laughs> we headed out there. And man, we started riding and we had a, a, a leader, uh, he, he was on an ATV too, and he, he'd ride through, you know, he'd go through things 15, uh, 20 miles an hour sometimes. He'd just go right through them. And, uh, you know, we'd all slow down. The five of us behind him would all slow down and go through. And we all got stuck. He had to come and get us all out. But uh, I'd go through a big bump, and my thing would be on three wheels, and I'd say, oh, Lord, Lord, bless Tony. Don't let, watch Tony. <laughs> And uh, I'd hear her ATV rev up. And I said, oh, that girl's all right. That girl. I said, that girl is all right. We were caked with mud when we got done. But we had a great time every, every day celebrating. And the cruise ship treated us so nice and made us a special anniversary cake. And they gave us nice robes. And they just treated us royally. We had a great time. So anyway, that's where I've been the last uh, few days. Tonight, you have your Bible. Matthew chapter 8, if you will, please. Matthew chapter 8. We feel like the Lord has laid something on our heart with this title, If You Are Willing. I wonder if you'd help me with my title tonight. Look at somebody and ask them this question, If You Are Willing. Yeah, if you are willing. That's an important question. And here in this first story in Matthew chapter 8, we can see in these first uh, four verses, there is a man who is, uh, he, is uh, he, he is engulfed in this question, uh, but it had to do with healing. And he wasn't going to be able to receive until he could get this question answered. So let's go into the word now, Matthew chapter eight. Now, let me just say this. I have, since the beginning of the new year, I've made a little change for this year. I don't know how long I'll go like this, but I am reading from the New Living Translation. You know, I'm a new American standard guy and I have been all, since I got born again, always been new American, started out with, well, started out with Schofield reference Bible, King James, but I, but quickly, new American standard has always been my, my version. And, and I still love that, still read from that. But um, uh, this, the, toward the end of last year, I started memorizing scripture from, out of the New Living, New Living Translation. And then as we started uh, praying about the new year and my times in the, in the, in the word, um, I just, um, I just uh, felt like I should go in this direction for me. So uh, I've switched over to the New Living for right now. And uh, so anyway, just if that helps anybody upstairs looking up scriptures for us. Okay, we're in Matthew chapter 8. I'm reading from verse 1 through 4. It says, large crowds followed Jesus as he came down the mountainside. Suddenly a man with leprosy approached him and knelt before him. Lord, the man said, if you are willing. See, there's our title. If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Now that's a, that's a great question. And I remember, you know, having this same type of question as a, uh, as a denominational Christian after I got born again, a uh, young Catholic young man. And, um, you know, I remember asking the Lord, 
all the time. Hey, Lord, if, if you're willing, if you're willing. I, I didn't know it was the Lord's will to heal. And so as we approach the subject of healing, we always ask that question, Lord, if you're willing. If you're willing. But I want to say this and, uh, and make this my first point, and it's something you've heard many times, but this is going to be my first point tonight. It's, it's this. Faith begins where the will of God is known. You can't use your faith, really, unless we're talking about in some area of consecration. We'll talk about that. But, but, but faith begins where the will of God is known. And, and I love all my Catholic friends. I love all my Catholic uh, uh, brothers and sisters. I, I love them. Uh, and, um, but as a Catholic young man, um, I didn't know. I didn't know that, that God had already revealed his will about healing in the Word. God had already revealed his will about his willingness in the Word. And so when I first got born again, we'd always, I'd always pray that way. People around me would always pray that way. Lord, if you're willing, Lord, if you're willing, we'd pray that way about healing. Now, when you know something's the revealed will of God, if he's already revealed his will, you don't have to ask him if he's willing. When I'm around my family, when I'm around my, 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 uh, my grandson or, or my sons or daughter-in-law or, or whatever, when they're over at the house and, um, and, and we're eating or watching TV or whatever it is we're doing. Um, they, they don't ever ask me about going to the refrigerator. They don't ever ask me about eating. So they already know my will on that. Matter of fact, they're going to starve. I'll always say, look, I, I, I bought the food. I, I cooked the food. Or Tony and I cooked the food. But if you don't get it, I always say this. We have people over. I say, if you leave here hungry, it's your own fault. I got nothing else to do with you meeting your hunger need. I didn't already. I, Tony and I cooked the food. We bought the food. It's prepared right there. Now, if you leave our house hungry, that's your own fault. I ain't got nothing to do with that because our will is implied. We want you to eat whatever you want. We say, if we got it, you can have it. There's no sense asking about it. Well, healing, and there's so many other areas that have been revealed in the will of God that are his will. You know, while we were on that ship, we got several invitations. We belonged to the, I don't know, frequent traveler club, whatever, uh, for Royal Caribbean, something called Crown and Anchor Society, and they give you a bunch of things free, and they made us a beautiful anniversary cake, and they gave us free tickets to get into shows, and they gave us all kinds of upgrades and stuff like that. And, um, but I never went to any of the shows or anything and said, well, could I please get in? Could I, pl- I got these tickets. Could I please get in? If you just let me in, if it's just, if it's your will to let me in. The moment they saw the invitation, they said, come on in. The moment they saw the invitation, they said, come on in. So I was preparing the other day and these words came up out of my spirit. I want to share with you, came up out of my spirit, uh, God's invitation is his indication that he is willing. Uh, I'm not trying to play semantics there. I'm not trying to rhyme words together. That just came right, that just rolled right out of my, I was studying and preparing and those words rolled right out of my spirit, right off my tongue. I'm going to say that again. God's invitation is his indication that he is willing. And, And his invitation is his word. And, and when God has invited you and I to have something or to receive something that has otherwise already been paid for, then his invitation is the indication that he's willing. Faith begins where the will of God is known. 
And if there's any doubt in your mind that something's God's will, well, then you're not going to pursue that area more than likely. You can't express full faith in that area if you're not sure that's the will of God. Whether it be healing, whether it be prosperity, whether it be God's deliverance, whether it be God helping you out of a jam that you're in. I said, amen. And so his invitation is his indication that he's willing. Hold your finger there. Go with me. Uh, We'll come right back to our, our text here. But go with me to Matthew 11. His invitation. That's his indication that he's willing. Matthew eleven twenty eight. It says this, New Living. Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Well, can you see it there? His invitation is his indication that he's willing. Here he says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. What's that? That's an invitation. He's he's saying if something is burdening you, if something is troubling you tonight, Something's got you worried. Something's got you fretting. Something's got you upset. Jesus is making a clarion call to whomsoever will. Come to me. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. His invitation to come. It's his indication that he's willing to give us rest. So what does that mean? So if we are, if we are carrying burdens tonight, if we are worried, if we are, um, if we are, are fretting or, or we're, we, we've got, you know, concerns and not concerns, but if we're worried about things, because it's, it's, it's possible to be concerned about something and not be worried about it. But if we're worried about things, then guess what? We haven't taken him up on his invitation. When he said, come to me, all of you. And so, and so go back with me to uh, Matthew chapter 8. So his invitation is his indication that he's willing. And yet this man said, he, he was a leper. The man said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. And Jesus reached out and touched him and said, I am willing, he said, be healed. And instance, instantly the leprosy disappeared. And so as we read on down in the story, look at verse 5. When Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed with terrible pain. And Jesus said, I will come and heal him. Later he said about that man's faith, because that man said, you can just speak the word. Just speak the word, my servant will be healed. And later, um, down at verse 10, at the end of it, it says, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. So faith begins where the will of God is known. Look down at verse 14. You're still in Matthew chapter 8. Look at verse 14. When Jesus arrived at Peter's house, Peter's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. But when Jesus touched her hand, the fever left her. And then she got up and prepared a meal for him. And that evening, many demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. He cast out the evil spirits with a simple command and healed all the sick. You know why he healed all the sick? 
because he's given a clarion invitation to anybody who's sick. He's given an invitation and his invitation is his indication. What is it? That he's willing. And so uh, the scripture says, verse uh, 17, this fulfilled the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah who said, he took our sicknesses and removed our diseases. Where did Isaiah say that? Isaiah 53 verses four through six. In fact, Isaiah prophesied it 700 years before the birth of Christ. God was revealing his will. And so his word is his will. And so faith begins where the will of God is known. But let me say this, your faith will make you whole. Look over at Matthew chapter nine. So first, faith begins where the will of God is known. My second point tonight, listen, your faith will make you whole. Look at verse 22. Jesus turned around when he saw her and said, daughter, be encouraged. Somebody else's faith has made you well. Doesn't say that, does it? What's it say? Jesus told her, your faith, your faith had something to do with this. It was your faith that made you well. Your faith made you well. And the woman was healed that moment. And, and so, so your faith will make you whole. That's my, my second point. Now I'm gonna give you my third point, but I'm gonna give you some scriptures for all of these. My third point to you is this, keep the switch of faith turned on. So faith begins where the will of God is known. Your faith will make you whole in whatever area, not just sickness, but whether it's finances or peace or deliverance or whatever it is you need. Your faith, your faith in God's word. And, and, then, and, then, and, then, and then this third point I want to make, keep the switch of faith turned on. You've heard that too. Keep the switch of faith turned on. All these points are so important. I remember uh, several years ago uh, getting a call over at the church office. And uh, it was from someone who was from New York. Her name was Sue. And she had flown here to the cancer treatment center from New York. And um, I didn't know it, but her body was just riddled with cancer. She called over here and asked if any of the Ramah pastors could come visit her, pray for her. And uh, I happened to be free. And so I, I jumped in the car and went over there. And uh, just before I, I got out of my Maxima that day, just before I got out of the car, uh, I asked the Lord. I said, Lord, I, I don't know this woman. She's your daughter and she's called for a minister. What am I to tell her? I don't know what to tell her. I don't know what to say to her. What should I say? And I felt like I, I, I should get back in the car. And I, I had gotten out of the car when I asked the Lord that. And so I got back in the car and opened up my Bible. And I flipped my Bible a few pages. I felt like I should turn to Mark 16. And I started reading in Mark 16 down there around verse 17 where it says, you know, these signs will follow them that believe. And one of the things that, one of the signs that says that believers will lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. The sick will do what? Yeah, it says the sick will recover. And so I read that. And when I read that, it leaped off the pages of scripture as a rhema word to me. And I knew I was to share that scripture with that lady. And so I grabbed my Bible and went on up there and met her. When I met her, she had a big old huge tumor coming out of her neck and she was crying and she was talking in a very passionate but soft voice and she said my, I, 
I've got to have this tumor removed because the doctors feel like it's going to break through my skin. And, uh, and she said, but this is not my biggest problem. I said, it isn't. She said, no. She said, my whole body is full of cancer. She said, they're going to cut this tumor away, but my whole body is just racked with cancer. And she said, I, I start, I enter into faith about it and I get full of the joy of the Lord. And then I go to the doctor and get a negative report and my faith just drains all away. She told me, and she said, then I'm in misery. And she said, I work up the strength to get back in faith. And somehow another negative report comes and it drains all my faith again. And she said, I've been up this roller coaster and down this roller coaster and up this roller coaster and down this roller coaster. And I just, I'm exhausted. She said, I don't know what to do. And then I realized why God gave me that rhema word. You know, God can give you a rhema word just like that. You know what? That one word from God can solve your problem. One, one word from God, one word from God, just like that. One, one word from the Holy Ghost, one rhema word from God can turn your situation around just like that. If you are willing. And so I, 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 I took my Bible. I, I remember I took my Bible and I turned to Mark 16. She was lying in bed and I, and I held my Bible up like this. And I said, read to me these verses. And, and she read those verses, you know, Mark 16. She started at 15 and she read down through. And she read that and she said, then lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. And I said, read that last part again. And she, in her tears, she said, lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. And I said, read it again. And she was getting a little frustrated with me. And she looked real intensely at it. And she said, they'll lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. And then she said, oh, I see it, I see it, I see it. I see it, I see it, I see it. And she said, I, I've been trusting God for an instantaneous healing. And God does heal. I mean, no, God does heal instantaneously. Thank God. He heals instantaneously. He heals instantaneously. I said, somebody with a, with a big old boil in the back of their thigh, I prayed for him one night and and, I, and, and it just disappeared instantaneously. Thank God. But, but the, here's the thing. God can heal any way he wants to heal. I said, he's the healer. And we need to get out of the business of telling him how to do it. A brother won't get no amen teaching like this. I'll lose all my amens. But we need to get out of the business of telling God how to do it. We said, well, I'm going to tell you how you're going to heal me. It's going to happen this way. And this is the only way, God. It's going to be my way or the highway. No, you better let God heal. If it comes instantaneous, then glory to God. But if it comes by the process of recovery, you still supernaturally got healed and you need to praise God. Hallelujah. I said, God can do it any way he wants. It's just as supernatural if you recover through the power of God than if you were healed instantaneously. A brother won't get no amen there. I said, it's just as supernatural. If God, through his mighty healing power, causes you to recover, whether you get it instantly or whether you get it uh, 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 over time, listen, it's already done. The point is, Jesus already did it. It's a finished transaction. It's already been paid for. I wish I had a bigger amen than that. And so she saw it right there from her hospital bed riddled with cancer. And she said, I see it, I see it, I see it, I see it. I see it, I see it, I see it. And she said, I'm going to enter into faith this time with you. 
and she said, and I'm not going to get out of faith. And she said, she said, Pastor, lead us in prayer. And she said, I'm going to enter into faith and receive, and, and I'm going to claim my healing. It's already done, and I'm not going to get out of faith. And we prayed, and she went on into surgery. She came back six months later. She had some big old charts, some big old yellow, uh, the, 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 I don't know, the, the envelope that was in big old things. And she came from right down there. She ran down, and she gave me a big old bear hug. And she said, guess what I got? I said, what do you have? She said, I've just been over there at Cancer Treatment Center. They got all my charts showing my whole body that was riddled with cancer. There's no cancer in my body. Six months later, I'm completely healed. No, not a trace of cancer. Yeah, I said, keep the switch of faith turned on. I said, faith begins where the will of God is known. I said, your faith will make you whole. I said, keep the switch of faith turned on. I wish somebody would hear me tonight. And so she, she came back. I'll never forget. She came back a year later. Came right back down the aisle. Gave me another big old bear hug. Said, I've just been over there at the cancer treatment center. I'm still free. Still clear. Everything clear. Can't find a trace of cancer. No cancer at all. They can't find a spot of cancer. No cancer. And she said, I got my charts from when my body was full of cancer. And I got my charts when there's no cancer now. Yeah. Came back two years later. Did the same thing. i never forget. At, at uh, I don't know, somewhere in their fourth year, she called me from New York. said, this is Sue. You remember me? I said, of course I remember you. She said, listen, uh, the cancer treatment center, they're uh, so impressed with my progress. There's a few others who have been healed and set free like me, and they're having a big banquet for us. Celebrate that we're free of cancer. And they told me, anybody who's helped you along this journey, we want to feed them too. Invite them to the banquet. She said, I'm calling to see if you'll come to the banquet. I said, sure, I'll come to the banquet. I went over there and, oh, man, it was just a blessed. I mean, those doctors and nurses came and said, Reverend, thank you for helping her. Thank you. She said how you read her the scripture. She said how the scriptures helped her and, 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 and trust in the Lord, believe in the word. And they just said, we're so glad, you know, and uh, praise God. Isn't that awesome? But you have to, she had to keep the switch of faith turned on. She wrote a book about it and then she, she wrote about our hospital visit in the book, you know. But it's so important. Go with me to Matthew, Matthew chapter four, talking about faith begins where the will of God is known, talking about your faith will make you whole, by whole, I mean blessed, prosperous, whatever it is, give you peace, give you healing, whatever it is, whatever it is God's word promises, and uh, talking about Keep the switch of faith turned on. Matthew chapter 4. I want to read for just a bit and then we'll talk about and spend our remaining moments talking about this scripture. It says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. During that time the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up in their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. When Jesus responded, the scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to a peak 
of a very high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And then the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. Now, uh, I want to share something very, very important about this. Keep your finger right here. I said this was the last scripture, but one scripture goes with this I got to give you. It's in Ephesians 6, 17. We're coming right back here. Keep your finger there where we just read about Jesus. Look at Ephesians 6 with me, 6, 17, real quick, just real quick. We're coming right back to that scripture in Matthew 4. We're going to end there. But Ephesians 6, you know, Ephesians 6 is talking about the armor of God, talking about the armor of God. Look at 17 again. Put on salvation as your helmet. Take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You see that there? All right, here's what I want to draw your attention to. When the scripture says there, take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, where it says word there, that literally means, that doesn't mean logos. That's the word rhema. The sword of the spirit is the rhema, is the rhema of God. You could say it that way. And, and of course, the rhema, a rhema word is when God reveals his word. God, it's God's, it's God's uh, revealed word, spoken word. Of course, we know the logos is God's written word. Okay, so preacher, what are you talking about now? Well, what I'm saying is that God has a rhema word for you. Now, thank God for the Logos. The Logos is the entirety of his word, and his word is endued with power. Thank God for his word. There's nothing like God's word. But when we read his word, the Holy Spirit is then able to register because the word is a living book. And the Holy Spirit can take something that we read and register that scripture in our heart. That scripture can stand out. Have you ever been praying about something? And then a scripture came to you, a scripture, a scripture about something you were praying about something. And then a scripture about that came to you. Has that ever happened to anybody? And a scripture can come. What is that? That's God. He's trying to give you a rhema word about something where he takes his holy written word, the logos, and then he speaks a word down in your spirit about your experience specific situation. Why? Because he wants you to take that revealed word and he wants you to stand on that word. He wants you to use that word that he's revealed. He wants you to use that rhema word and stand on it with authority. And that rhema word then becomes like a two-edged, like a, like a razor sharp two-edged sword. Go back with me to Matthew chapter four. All right, so what's your point here? So each time that Jesus quotes a scripture, he's quoting here a rhema word. When Jesus says, um, at at verse 4, Jesus told him, no, but the scriptures say people do not live on bread alone, but on every word. It means every rhema word that comes from the mouth of God. Every time Jesus responded, listen to me now. Every time Jesus responded to Satan's temptation here, he's responding with a rhema word. What did he do? He took the Logos word, but the father gave him from the Logos word, a rhema word. So in the midst of his temptation, God gave him a rhema. For every temptation that Satan presented to Jesus, Jesus spoke a rhema word back to Satan and cut him to pieces. Until finally he said, go, and Satan took off running. 
But I don't know what you're facing, but I do know this. If you'll get in the, it's why it's so important for you and I to be in the word of God. Somebody said, God don't ever speak to me. Well, you ain't in the word. Because if you get in this word, I guarantee you this, the Holy Ghost will register things to you. Things will rock like that lady, like before I went to see that lady in the hospital, I read that Mark 16 and it just rose off the pages of scripture. God gave me a rhema word. But that, that rhema word, she believed it, resulted in her healing. Her, her body got totally healed of cancer. But it started with a rhema word. I don't know what you're facing Sunday night and I don't know what you're facing Monday morning, but I do know this, God's got a rhema word for you. But his rhema word is you're going to have to get in the word and get it. Somebody said, uh-oh, can't you just get a rhema word for me? Can't you just open up a stand? Said rhema words, $5, I'll give you a rhema word, $5. Well, you can get some people prophesying to you like that. There are some people doing that, but they're prophesying. But if you'll get, you're his child, and if you'll get in God's word, and if you'll study God's word, he'll make, whatever you're going through, he'll make something rise up off the pages of scripture. And if you'll grab that thing and meditate on that thing and get that thing coming out of your mouth, woo! You'll cut Satan to pieces. Your circumstances will change. God has got the power of the logos, but he's got the power of the rhema for you. And, G- and every situation that Satan tempted Jesus with, God the Father gave him a rhema. He responded with a rhema. And he used that with authority and cut Satan to pieces. And he was leaving you and I an example of how we are to respond when we are under test or duress or under stress or uh, whatever it is. We're looking for healing or prosperity or whatever it is. When we get in God's word. He'll reveal that rhema. And when we get that thing down in our spirit and coming out of our mouth, look out. The victory has already come. Let's pray together. Father, we've endeavored in these moments that we've had to share along these lines that you gave to us. And now we present the word and we thank you for the mighty Holy Ghost. And we ask you to deal with each heart as you see necessary. Help people tonight. Strengthen, heal, deliver, set free, save, fill people with the mighty Holy Spirit. Your invitation is your indication that you are willing. And in your word, Father, you've indicated your willingness to heal. Whosoever will, let him come. Your willingness to save. Whosoever will, let him come. Your willingness to prosper, to deliver to set free, to provide, to bring peace. Whosoever will, let them come. And so thank you for encouraging hearts tonight, strengthening lives, healing and touching people. In the mighty name of Jesus, thank you for speaking a rhema word, a word from your mighty word. Speak a rhema word to people. We thank you for it. We give you the glory. Tonight, with every head bowed and every eye closed, there are prayer room workers who are coming down. And if you need something tonight, you want to be saved. You want to be filled with the mighty Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. You want to receive healing. You want to receive agreement over some situation. God's here. 
And uh, these folks are here to pray with you. We just ask that ladies go to the ladies, the guys, gentlemen come to the guys, and they'll pray with you. So as we dismiss in a moment, we want you to come forward. You have a prayer request? Come on forward and let God help you and encourage you. He's got a word for you. Oh, praise God. So thank you, Father, for helping, healing, and touching tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, too, for touching our pastors, continuing to use them, the team that's with them. Use them for your glory as they minister. Father, we thank you for them. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, we're preparing to dismiss. If you're a first-time guest, we want to thank you for coming. We've got a great gift for you tonight. So we thank you. And if you need prayer, you want uh, agreement, come on down here. Ladies, come to the ladies. Guys, come to the guys. You won't leave here like you came in Jesus' name. If you are willing, God is always willing, my friend. Anything that's in the Word, God's willing. Isaiah 119 says this, If you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Our victory not only depends upon God being willing, He is willing. But us being willing, that includes the right attitude and obedience we receive from Him. All right, you are dismissed. God bless you, one and all. Praise God.